Hello, Blue Jays. Welcome back to the Johns Hopkins Newsletter Podcast for another episode. I'm Helen Lacey. We at the newsletter are excited to share the ins and outs of Hopkins with you. From recaps of pressing Hopkins news, interviews with notable community figures, to peeks into daily student life, make sure you tune in every other Thursday. Recaps. University's pursuit of AI initiatives extends to undergraduate education. Recently, Pilot, the academic support program offered to students to work on problem sets in groups, shared their plans for introducing AI into a number of sessions. The director of academic support explained that there will be three groups of study participants to collect data on the effectiveness of this innovation. There will be a control arm without any chat GPT, a one-round use of ChatGPT arm, and a multi-round use of ChatGPT. In an interview with the newsletter, some students expressed excitement, while some were skeptical of AI's involvement in learning. Janice Park, a sophomore in Calculus 3 pilot, discussed the possibility of AI preventing students from challenging their minds and collaborating with each other to solve problems. In addition to this novel idea, the university announced the creation of a new AI institute. It will be on the Homewood campus and host 110 new faculty to create a leading academic hub for AI and magnify the Institute's impact on the world. Hopkins has also been investing in AI projects. One notable project is AI to AI, which is a collaborative initiative between Amazon scientists and Hopkins engineering faculty to advance interactive AI to potentially have impacts in academia and education. Many students are discussing AI's effect on society. Park mentioned that increased exposure to AI in the university will help students prosper in the job market, as it becomes increasingly dependent on AI. Hopkins opens new center at 555 Penn in D.C. Following the completion of the Johns Hopkins University Bloomberg Center at 555 Pennsylvania Avenue in D.C., students and affiliated faculty in SICE moved in last month. It's a 10-story glass building with 38 classrooms, study lounges, public art gallery, and a large theater. This new center is focused on bringing together experiential learning opportunities and spaces to study, and will host world-renowned speakers to demonstrate democracy in action. Assistant Vice President for Media Relations and News, J.B. Bird, stated the center's vision is to become a focal point for scholars and researchers around the world to experience diverse perspectives. These will include research in the policymaking process, advancing solutions to humanity's challenges, and much more. Homewood students who are not enrolled in the SICE program will be given opportunities to study at the center through the Hopkins Semester in D.C. program. The curriculum will be based on policy and international studies. There will also be opportunities for students to engage in events other than academia as well. In an interview with the newsletter, Harvey McGinnis, a first-year SICE graduate student, expressed his excitement in being able to be in a diverse environment of students, from fresh undergraduates to students who had served over 30 years in the military. We must fight against attempts to erase our history. In response to the rejection of the AP African American Studies course by Governor Ron DeSantis, two freshmen, Lana Swindle and Yuval Cherky, argued in favor of the importance of history for the betterment of the world. History has always served as a record, so we do not repeat the same mistakes in the future. However, Swindle and Turkey add that history is also a record of achievements. 
History includes examples of people who set out to fight for their rights and meaningful changes, even if they knew it wouldn't occur in their lifetimes. The authors argue that the Santis move not only takes away African Americans' right to their past, but also prevents society from learning from their resilience. Sherilyn Ifill, a civil rights lawyer, stated that the success of previous generations underscores the importance of addressing problems even if they seem hopeless. We must continue to confront problems and pass the baton firmly to the next generation so that they won't have to run as far. The State of COVID-19 and Influenza Three years have passed since the emergence of the COVID-19 virus, but new coronavirus variants have still been making headlines. Following a hard-hitting, quote, triple-demic last year, a spike in the case numbers for three contagious viruses, namely the flu, COVID-19, and RSV, what can we expect from the upcoming respiratory virus season this year? The newsletter interviewed David Dowdry, a professor of epidemiology at Hopkins, and Dr. Amesh Adalja, a senior scholar at the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, to find out. Both stressed the importance of receiving vaccinations to protect against COVID-19 and influenza. Dowdry shared his thoughts on the recent state of COVID-19. Quote, The latest COVID-19 uptick can be attributed to reduced population immunity to infection since it has been eight months since the last COVID-19 surge, the longest we've had between surges, he said. Adalja shared predictions for the coming flu season. Epidemiologists have some clues based on what happened in the Southern Hemisphere, where they had a moderately severe season, he stated. I do think that this flu season is going to be one of the more normal flu seasons, not like the ones we've had during COVID-19, which were relatively light. As three years have passed since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, the disease is still considered novel as compared to the 100 years of research against the flu after the 1918 pandemic. It will be interesting to see whether the solutions and outcomes of the fight against COVID-19 are similar to or different than the flu after a century of research, development, and implementation. Now, let's move on to our wrap-up. Here's what to watch and watch for, according to our arts section. Watch the 10th installment of the Saw film, Saw X, directed by Kevin Grutert on September 29th, or follow the life and vision of model-turned-advocate Bethan Hardison in the documentary film Invisible Beauty, directed by Bethan Hardison and Frederick Chang. Read the long-awaited return to the Percy Jackson and the Olympians series The Chalice of the Gods by Rick Riordan, released yesterday. This Friday, listen to Ed Sheeran's latest album, Autumn Variations, inspired by Elgar's Enigma Variations. Now, onto a rapid recap of science news. NASA's Curiosity rover enters a new phase of exploration. After three attempts, NASA's Mars Curiosity rover reached the Geddes Vallis Ridge this week, a region theorized to be a remnant of debris flow on Mars. A multidisciplinary team of experts has found new insights into Iberian Neanderthal populations. They investigated a box of Neanderthal bones and artifacts that was initially donated by amateur paleontologist Miguel Anzar to the Archaeology Museum of Catalonia in 1986. Unfortunately, the team failed to extract DNA from the bones, which limits the field's utility in understanding Neanderthal genetic diversity. However, it remains a valuable addition to our understanding of evolutionary history. The quote, Rule of Trees, proposed by Leonardo da Vinci, 
was recently disproven by scientists at the Bangor University in the UK and the Swedish University of Agricultural Sciences. Stuart Sopp, one of the scientists involved in the project, mentions that their new research could be used to estimate carbon volume in large forest areas to provide a metric for accurately measuring carbon concentration captured by trees on a global scale. Silkworms offer a sustainable alternative to synthetic fibers. Nylon and Kevlar have become staples of the synthetic fabric industry, yet have been heavily criticized by sustainable materials movements across the past two decades. Researchers from Southwest University and Dunhua University in China reported that CRISPR-modified silkworms may provide a more carbon-neutral alternative to these materials. Now let's check in with the Blue Jays competing all over the country. This Friday at 7 p.m., men's water polo will compete against George Washington University in D.C. Women's soccer plays Bryn Mawr this Saturday at noon in Baltimore, and men's soccer will compete against Swarthmore at 3 p.m. Also in Baltimore, women's field hockey will compete against Muhlenberg at 6 p.m. on Saturday. Live video and stats can be found at hopkinsports.com. Go Hop! That's all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. For more in-depth news, you can visit our website, www.jhunewsletter.com, and find print editions of our paper around campus. The newsletter podcast is produced by Helen Lacey and Charlene John. Audio production by Harrison Rosenblum. Script written by Claire Park. Production support from Abby Tushman and Donna Mullaney. Thanks again for listening.